Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. We'd love to have you join us for worship. Enjoy this message. Just quick again, I agree with Donna. Thank you guys so much. Uh, it's uh, been a weird, weird time, 24 weeks not together. And we do deeply appreciate the commitment of, of this group of people just to, to, to stay intact, to stay together and continue to, to be the church even though we can't be together. So thank you for that so much. Um, and, and I would just add to, uh, I appreciate... Uh, you guys being willing to be here and follow whatever protocols we need to follow, wearing masks to church, sitting apart, um, and all that. I was just thinking this morning, Jesus said, be as shrewd as serpents and as innocent as doves. And that's, we're trying to find that balance between being responsible and taking care of one another, caring for the most vulnerable, and then also being able to to, uh, have faith and, and stay together. So, just thank you for that. Appreciate it. And I have no idea um, what the future looks like. How long will we be like this? Uh, when or even if things will ever get back to normal? We are really grateful. Um, some of you know, some of you maybe not, that we've been desiring to try to get together for a while. Our friends here, our hosts at Christ the King, were a little reluctant to let us back into the building. But they've, they've said it's okay for us to be here now. But we don't know how long we'll be like this or when, when we'll be back to you know, a, a more normal situation. I don't think anybody knows. This is a weird time to live in right now. It's a very, very weird time of life. And so that's, that's where we're at, but we're here. I want to uh, start, I want to tell you a little story. I, I've told you this story before. It's been a while, but it, it goes along with uh, text I want to kind of introduce uh, the message today. So uh, many of you know that uh, we've, our church and myself have been working uh, with the vineyard in Nicaragua in Central America for many, many, many years. And several years ago, and I'll go ahead and there, yeah, it's hard to see that picture, but I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, In the middle of Lake Nicaragua is an island called Ometepe Island. And Ometepe Island is made up of two volcanoes, Volcano Maderas and Volcano Concepcion. And uh, Maderas is the smaller of the two. It's about 4,500 feet to the peak. And it's a popular sort of tourist kind of destination uh, to climb that volcano. Interestingly, the island itself has become a haven for Dutch hippies. I, I don't know why. I don't know what the attraction is. But there are literally uh, dozens, maybe hundreds of dreadlocked Dutch hippies that just hang out on this island in the middle of a lake in Nicaragua. But we went to climb the volcano. So several years ago, you'll see there, it's, it's myself. Uh, some of you guys recognize James LaFollette from Hermiston Vineyard, Steve Fish, our friend from Vancouver, Steve Sunbrandon, and David Brock from uh, Hillsborough Vineyard. And then the two young guys in front were our guides. You can't climb this volcano uh, without a guide because 
you're literally just in the jungle, and there's not, there's sort of a trail, but not really a trail. You could potentially, I suppose, on your own, just get lost in the woods in the jungle and be, you know, eaten by howler monkeys or something. But uh, so, so the the guides, these two kids, um, I nicknamed the, the younger one there, Poquito Mas, um, because. Uh, they climb this thing. It almost it's it's 4,500 feet elevation, but you gain about 2,000 feet from the ba base to the top. When you're so, and you go, it's three and a half miles. So you gain 2,000 feet in three and a half miles. So you're literally almost just going straight up. And uh, we were dying. You know, you're just dying. And I kept <laughs> I kept asking, how much farther? And he'd go, poquito mas which means a little bit more if you don't. And then two hours later, I would say, how much farther? And he would say, Poquito Mas. So that became his name. But the reason I'm telling you this story is this, that as you can see, it looks like fog, but you're actually walking through what is a natural cloud forest. If you look at pictures uh, of this uh, island from a, the taken from the mainland, you can see that there's a, a cloud that hangs all the time uh, just below the, the peak, and it's just kind of there, and then you, when you get to the peak, you come up out of the cloud. So you're walking through what is kind of like heavy fog, but different. It's just weird. You're, you're literally in a cloud the whole time you're hiking. And then you get to the top, you come, you literally come out of the cloud uh, to summit the mountain, and it's it's really pretty amazing. It's pretty dramatic. It's one of the, the coolest things I've ever done, and I share that with you uh, to illustrate this verse from James. It says, "Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, we'll spend a year there, we'll carry on business and make money." Why do you don't even know what will happen tomorrow? It's not the truth. We don't even know what will happen tomorrow. Um, what is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes, kind of like walking out of that cloud. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will do this or that. Um, yeah, so, so it's, it's, that's pretty descriptive. Life is like that. Life, we think we have a plan. And, uh, you, you know, I think it's good to have a plan, right? We need to, we need to sort of have some direction in our lives. Uh, you know, you have a savings account and you have a retirement account and you sort of have this direction you're on. Uh, and, you know, that's a good thing to do. But then all of a sudden there is a global pandemic and everything goes sideways and, and nothing is certain. And the truth is this, that I think it's good for us to have a plan. We should have some direction and focus in life, know where we're going. But nothing is certain. We don't know what will happen tomorrow. And I really feel as though this season that we're in has been very indicative of that. Uh, again, I would never have, when this started, uh, you know, earlier in the year, I remember kind of thinking, this is weird. This is a little weird. Okay, wash your hands a lot. And then, that, I don't know if you remember, but that was the first thing, was wash your hands before the masks. Wash your hands. And then all of a sudden, wear the mask. And then you got to wear the mask everywhere. And then things were shut down. And it just got weirder and weirder and weirder. Uh, and, and we have no idea. Where does it go from here? What happens next? How long will we be like this? Will life go back to the way that we knew it before? Or is this, quote, the new normal? I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. Um, I want to look at this morning, so that was just intro, I want to look at a, uh, a couple verses in Thessalonians, but first let's go ahead and pray, uh, and then I want to read 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. 
But Jesus, we, uh, we do confess that our life is like a mist. We're here and then gone. We don't know what tomorrow brings. Uh, we have today. And today we worship you. We choose to uh, follow you, to worship you, to honor you, to listen to you, to obey you, to uh, give our lives over to you with the trust and faith and hope and belief that that's the best option we have, uh, that all the other options are uh, nothing in comparison to living our life uh, in the grace and goodness of you and your spirit and your presence. And so we just come before you this morning and ask, Lord God, that you would open your word. We thank you deeply from our, the bottom of our hearts just for being able to be together today. Uh, open your word and, and enrich our lives. Uh, in your name we pray, amen. All right, so First uh, Thessalonians 5, Paul says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. In Christ Jesus. So uh, three little directives there, and they, they are kind of, they, they create a formula for well-being. If you think about living life, I, I would like to have more peace of mind, peace of heart. I'd like to just be more content as a person. I'd like to have that, that sense of just well-being. Uh, there's a formula for well-being there. This is how we achieve those things. Um, we talked recently about, I think in uh, the series in the parables, about scripture being either descriptive or prescriptive. And the parables are descriptive. Jesus is telling stories that describe how life works. This particular passage is prescriptive. It's not just telling how life works. It's actually giving direction. If you do this, things will go better for you. If you rejoice always, if you pray continually, if you give thanks in all circumstances, you'll be in God's will and things will go better for you. This is, it's, it's really a, uh, a prescriptive text. I'm going to look at all three of these, the first two really quickly, but then I want to focus on giving thanks this morning, the third one. But uh, first thing is just looking at the qualifiers uh, before, you know, the, the, the qualifiers of, of each phrase, always, continually, and in all circumstances. They are both comprehensive and ongoing. And so there's a sense of this is the way you should live your life. There's a state of being that you can kind of enter into where these things become a reality for you all the time. And we talk about our relationship with Jesus as our walk, right? It's our walk. How's your walk? And we really can walk out that relationship by following instructions like this, by living the way that he's instructed us to live here. First thing he says is rejoice always. And what does that really mean? I, I, I did it. This was an interesting uh, study for me this week. Uh, rejoice. What does to rejoice mean? So it has the word joy in it, kind of. So is it just to express joy? Is that what it means to rejoice? Uh, so interestingly, I, I did a little uh, Greek background there. And the word rejoice is Cairo, which is very closely related to the, to the Greek word for grace, which is charis, Cairo charis. Uh, and literally what rejoice means is this, lean into grace. Lean into grace. Uh, there, there is a sense of uh, inner peace, a sense of joy, a, se a sense of uh, happiness, however you want to define that, that happens when you lean into grace. And I, I think there are 
two different dimensions of that. One is personal. We need to learn to lean into grace. Here's the reality. I know you guys, and, and many of us are a lot harder on ourselves than we are on other people. Uh, we, we have a harder time forgiving ourselves and uh, allowing God to forgive us than we might with someone else. And so I would just say, lean into grace. Uh, receive, just lean into the grace of God and receive it today. Wherever your life is at, wherever, uh, you know, if, if during this time or whatever, you've gotten off track, what, just it doesn't matter, lean into grace. And then the other side of that, of course, is then extend that to other people as well. As you lean into grace, we also learn to be able to be forgiving. And I was uh, just driving here this morning, thinking about today, and I, I, I just was reminded again how important it is for us to be willing to uh, overlook the small stuff. You know what I mean? Be willing to forgive uh, and, and let go of small offenses. There, there's no way you get through life or a week or maybe a day without somebody offending you in some way or another. And I think it's, it's beneficial for all of us just to say, uh, I'm going to rejoice, I'm going to lean into grace, and I'm going to let that, that stuff go. Uh, second thing he says is pray continually. And really, I mean, I don't even know what we can say about that other than uh, it's, it's, it, it, prayer becomes a lifestyle and you just pray all the time. I don't know about you guys, this is, this is what I find. It's a lot easier for me to pray when things are not going well. When there's struggles, strife, anxiety, fear, financial difficulties, sickness, whatever. You go through hard times, I'm compelled to pray, but then when things are smooth and it's just kind of going along okay, uh, you, that sort of slips and you forget. And I think that's what, what I felt this week in terms of thinking of, on praying continually was learn to pray when things are going well. Uh, learn to pray and just, just give thanks to God and communicate with him all the time, but especially when things are going well, not just when we have need. And then the third thing, give thanks in all circumstances. Um, I, I think it's very, very important to clarify something that he says, give thanks in all circumstances, not give thanks for all circumstances. And sometimes there's kind of this, uh, I've encountered at different times, sort of this weird, uh, if I can say, almost Pentecostal mindset where, you, you know, life is hard and it's bad and I'm going through tough times, praise God. And you're sort of giving thanks for those hardships. Uh, and I don't think that's what Paul is saying here. I think he's saying that even in the midst of those places, when life is hard, uh, you can be thankful. And that's, I, I think, the essence of, of this verse, give thanks in, not for all circumstances. I also think it's important for us to remember that Paul, as the author here, is not writing from a place of disconnectedness. Um, I don't know, you know, some of you maybe growing up, if your parents ever said, do what I say, not what I, or do what I say, not what I do, you know what I mean? Like, think, well, no, that's, Paul's not saying that. He's not saying, do what I say, not what I do. He's saying, give thanks in all circumstances, coming from a place where he went through really, really hard circumstances. Paul had a, a, a tough time in life, shipwrecks, beatings, you know, 
defamation of character, all the stuff that happened to him, and was able to continue to focus his uh, heart and mind on the Lord and give thanks even in the midst of those things. And I, and I believe that what he's saying here, the second part of the verse is, is uh, also important and clear that this is God's will for you. If we think about what's God's will, what's God's will for my life, it's pretty clear. These are the things that God says, this is my will for you, are, are to do these things. And I, I would, I, there's probably more reasons, but I, I could think of three reasons why it's important for us to be able to give thanks in all circumstances. And the first one is this, that God deserves it. He's God and we're not. And anything, everything that ever has happened good in our lives uh, comes from him. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Anything that we have that's good comes from him and he is deserving of our thanks. So we should be thankful to God just on that level alone. Um, be beyond that, second thing is that uh, it's, it's actually, here, here's the thing. I said earlier, this is a formula for, for well-being, and it's actually ingrained in us to give thanks. We're created to be thankful. It's, it's in our spiritual DNA, if you will, to be thankful, and you will find uh, well-being, uh, peace of mind, more attainable as a thankful person than as a non-thankful person. It's interesting um, recent studies, scientific studies, have proven that. Uh, they've proven that people that are thankful and grateful in life are happier, they're more socially adjust, well-adjusted, they exercise more, and they're less likely to get sick. All of those things happen if, if you're thankful. I, I, you know, and I want to say, too, there's, it's not so much anymore, but historically there's kind of been this sort of thing where science, anything scientific is bad because it's an opposite of faith. You know, you, so throw the science out and follow faith. But to me, it seems like the more you look at the reality of life, studies like this, uh, case in point, science will, will, will always just clarify and, and, and prove Scripture to be right. Scripture is true, and, and science proves that. They, they scientifically have proven if you're thankful, you'll, you'll be a more well-adjusted person. Um, so third thing is this, and uh, the, the last reason that we want to give thanks in all circumstances is that we're called to love one another, right? That's sort of Bottom line, Christianity, all right? When you, when you boil it all down, we're, we're supposed to love one another. And you can't really love somebody if you're not thankful for them. And so it, it, it's beneficial uh, to our spiritual well-being and to the unity of the body of Christ to just be thankful uh, in all circumstances and to be thankful for one another. And I guarantee you that if you begin to... Give God thanks for other people in your life. Your heart and your mind will change, and you'll begin to see those people differently. You'll actually see them in a different light as you give thanks for them. It's it's contrary to our our sort of our fallen nature, our you know kind of the our our, our fallen inclination. The default setting is that we complain when things go wrong. 
uh, you know, oh my gosh, oh, there's traffic today, oh, whatever, we complain. But if we can overcome that and be thankful, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have a totally different outlook on life. I think the truth is this, that uh, we, you know, as the verse in James said earlier, uh, the, this moment is all we have. Today is all we, we don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. This is all we got. So we need to be thankful in the midst of, of, of the moment, to be thankful for where we are today, uh, to be thankful in the middle of a global pandemic, to be thankful in the middle of what is, at least in my mind, unparalleled civil and social unrest in our country and in our city, to be thankful in, in the middle of incredible, incredible stress and disunity and, and, and everything that's happening around the world and in our nation and in our city right now, in the midst of all that, to still be thankful people. And I think that will ultimately uh, distinguish us from other people around us. You know, what, what, you know, we're supposed to be light in life and uh, to really be ambassadors for Christ. And one of the ways we can do that is to learn to have gratitude and be thankful in the midst of very, very difficult circumstances. Um, and and let's, be, let's be honest, I, don't, I, I would never um, minimize the current circumstances. Uh, life is hard right now. There, there, there are incredibly challenging things happening on multiple fronts in the world we live in right now. But I think the challenge for us today, and what I want to encourage us into, is finding a place of thanksgiving in the midst of all of that and allowing God to move us forward in his grace. So I want to do this, if we could. Uh, if you guys would stand. And I want to close today by just taking a minute and going before the Lord. And then I would ask you, uh, those that, that would like to or that, that would be willing to, to just speak out something that you're thankful for and to just take a few minutes together as we close and give God thanks. So let's just do that. And then there's no order or whatever, just as you feel led, as you have you know, something on your mind or heart, just to speak out and give thanks to God for that. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give.